Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't worry, I'm not going to make you stand for the sermon. So, uh, <laughs> Thank you for being here today. Um, you know, your presence says something. It says that I want to be where God is at. It says I want to be with God's people. So I thank you for that. Uh, I want us to begin with some reflections, some thoughts, and I just want you to stick with me for just a moment. But what do you call a group of people who are divided and who are creating factions among themselves? What do you call a group of people who are dragging each other to court and who are suing one another? What do you call a group of people who are committing adultery and visiting prostitutes, a group where incest is not taboo? What do you call a group who are concerned with personal rights and insist on their own way and fail to consider how this affects those who are around them? What do you call a group of people where the the poor are ignored by the wealthy And some among them, they go without even though there is plenty to help those in need. What do you call a group like that? You know, you might call it a mess, right? Uh, Who who wants to be a part of a group like that? Who wants to identify with them? Most of us, we want to avoid dysfunction. We don't want to get involved in a mess. But what do you call a group like that? Well, the Apostle Paul has a word for it. He calls it church. And it's a description of just some of the things that are going on in the church at Corinth. And I want you to listen to how Paul speaks of this group in his first letter to them. And I want you to pay attention to the language that he uses. And so 1 Corinthians opens with these words, Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus that in every way you were enriched in him, in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ was confirmed among you, so that you're not lacking in any gift, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You know, if we read these first nine verses without knowing anything 
about this church, then we might think, well, you know, this is, this is pretty normal. It, it, it's common language that is used to describe churches. However, if someone is reading Corinthians for the first time, then what they need to do is they need to read the entire letter and then come back and read these first nine verses at the beginning again because it makes a difference knowing what is going on in this congregation to read these words because these are powerful words. They are words that, that mean something. They are words that tell a story, a story that is not finished yet. To the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. The church at Corinth was planted by the Apostle Paul around 50 AD, it could have been 50, 51, around there. And in the first century, it was the largest city in Greece. There's also a large Jewish presence here in Corinth, and it had probably grown recently because in 49 AD, uh, the Emperor Claudius basically expelled all the Jews out of Rome, and, and I'm sure that some of them probably ended up in Corinth. It was a Roman colony, much like uh, Philippi, and so it would have been populated with retired Roman soldiers and people who highly valued their Roman citizenship. It was a wealthy city that took advantage of important trade routes, and so you could easily make a living for yourself, and many people in this city, they prospered. Corinth was also a religious city, and so at the highest point of the city was a temple dedicated to Aphrodite. And at one point, the temple employed more than a thousand prostitutes. And Corinth was a city that was obsessed with sex. Paul mentions the Greek word porneia multiple times throughout this letter. This is where we get our English word pornography from. And so there were prostitutes and there were pornographic images throughout the town. And we see signs of this. Um, within the church. Within this letter, you have mentions of homosexuality, incest, adultery, and prostitution. And so the culture in Corinth was heavily sexualized. Idolatry, greed, sexual promiscuity, allegiance to Rome. This was Corinth. This is where Paul chooses to plant a church. You know, just imagine uh, a church that is on the strip in Las Vegas. What would a church look like in a place where prostitution is legal and gambling is encouraged? What kind of people would a church like that welcome in? What kind of questions would be asked in Bible class? What would the, the, the conversations be about in the foyer? And if we can start to imagine this, we might get an idea of what was going on in this church at Corinth. It was a mess. But it was God's mess. And these were his people. And it was his church.
when Paul writes this church, he doesn't tell them to get their lives in order before they can call themselves a church. He does not tell them to fix all their problems before they're able to join the church. He calls them church. And he writes to the church of God that is in Corinth. To those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus. And he reminds them that they have been sanctified in Christ. That their sins have been washed away. And they have been justified and made holy by the blood of Jesus. And so to be a church is not about what we have done. It is first and foremost about what Jesus has done and is doing through us. It's about being united to Christ in baptism. It's not about us. It's about dying to self and being made alive in Christ Jesus. Now, some may ask us about our church here. They, they, they may want to know, you know, maybe about our work at Amen or our Hands of Hope food ministry or about this trunk or treat we're going to do a, a week from today. And we can talk about all those things. And those are all great and wonderful things. But what makes us a church is Jesus and what he's done for us. We cannot be a church without Christ. We cannot be a church without the work of sanctification. Because we were once something else. We once belonged to this world. But now we're something different. We are a church. So we come to Jesus with broken lives and he makes something new. And this is beautiful, but it's also a little messy. Because Jesus invites us to come as we are. He welcomes us where we are at. We are baptized and our sins are forgiven, but our lives, they, they still need some work. And this is what we see in Corinth. It is a church of sex addicts and prostitutes. It's a church of greedy businessmen. It's a church of idolaters. It's a church of heretics. They don't have their theology right. It's a church of worldly people who have been sanctified in Christ. But that's not all. We need to pay close attention to, to, to everything that Paul writes here. He says to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints. And so you are a church, you are sanctified in Christ, but you're also called to be saints. The church at Corinth may be a mess, but God doesn't want it to stay a mess. And so they are reminded here that they are all called to be saints. Salvation is more than just the forgiveness of sins. It's also the transformation into the image of Christ. And so these Christians in Corinth, they have started on that path. 
They have begun this process of salvation. Their sins have been forgiven. But now they need to start living like Jesus. And they need to you know, rid themselves of some of these bad habits and these corrupting ways. And, and they need to get rid of whatever it is in their lives that are drawing them away from God. And they need to embrace the ways of Jesus and begin to live abundant lives with God at the center. Because this is what it means to be church. It is a people who have been sanctified and are now on a journey to be like Jesus. And so we embrace the name of Christ because of what he has done and what he is doing. We embrace the name of Christ because that's who we're trying to be. We want to be shaped and molded into his image. You know, when you read 1 Corinthians, you encounter a mess. And even today, you know, 2,000 years later, there are some churches, there are some Christians, they just don't want to read it. Because it's, it's controversial. You're going to step into some stuff. We don't want to come to church and talk about divorce and incest and prostitution and lawsuits and whatever else. We want to come and hear about all the good things, don't we? We don't want the mess. Well, let me suggest that what we encounter in 1 Corinthians is good news. It may not look like it at first. It's the stuff of gossip columns. It's what people talk about on social media. It's a mess. But it's a mess where God is at work. It's a mess that God has redeemed and sanctified and called to something greater. And if we're honest with ourselves... I think we could all admit that we're a little bit of a mess. Our lives have not been perfect. We have made mistakes. We have done things that we are ashamed of. We carry around stories that are embarrassing stories that that we don't want others to know anything about. And we're more like Corinth than we would like to admit. And we're all probably glad that Paul never wrote a letter about this church because it might be a little messy. (laughs) The good news is that just like Corinth, we're called church. And we are sanctified in Christ Jesus. And our sins have been forgiven. And we're called to be saints, to live holy lives that glorify God our Father. Church can be a little messy, but as long as Jesus is at the center of everything that we do, that's okay. As long as we are Jesus-focused, and as long as we are Jesus' people, then God is taking our mess and he's creating something new. And through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, we are being transformed into the image of of Jesus. And that's not a mess. That is beautiful. That is the work of God. When we read 1 Corinthians or, or, or you know, we look at this congregation here, we can see things that are messy. Things that are not as they should be. 
And, and we can focus on the mess if we want. It's easy to do. You know, everyone likes to slow down and look at that car wreck. I, I get it. But we also need to remember that the church is more than a mess. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Paul will talk about that later in the letter. It's the place where God is at work. It's the place where lives are transformed. And so we can see a mess or we can see the beauty of what God is doing. Thank goodness that God does not leave our lives in a mess. Let's pray. Father, we come before you today. And we thank you for this wonderful reminder that we have in this letter to the church at Corinth. We thank you that that you are at work in our lives. And we confess that we are sinners, that, that our lives are messy, that we have not always done what we should. But you are at work to sanctify us, And you have called us to be saints. You are working to transform our lives into the image of Jesus. Father, I pray that we would be a light in this community. I pray that others would know that they can come here. They can be a part of this church, no matter what's going on in their lives. And that God can work in them just as he has worked in us. And Father, we know this is only possible through Jesus and his sacrifice. And so we pray this in his name. Amen.